Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we're covering 1987's The Kindred. Burn the journals! The Anthony journals! Burn them! A series of unspeakable disasters. All linked to a mysterious experiment. Did she have any other children? She mentioned someone named Anthony. Dangerously close to home. It wasn't a rabid dog. It's absolutely amazing. Just amazing. It's a him. It's a him. It was born in the house. A creation that destroys in order to evolve. It's part of your heart, part of your mind, part of your soul. He's part of your imagination, you understand? Academy Award winners Rod Steiger and Kim Hunter star in The Kindred, exclusively from Vestron Video. That's your brother, do you understand that? It was a mistake! I want to start off by saying that the special effects for this film are pretty good. <laughs> yeah they're uh they're like on par with like the thing and some stuff like that because they still hold up today when you watch them you watch this movie you really don't see any flaws with the effects on it everything looks good no i i was <clears throat> like oh oh shit so i'm gonna tip my hat to michael john mccracken who and has his son who also worked on this who's also named michael john mccracken or he's michael sean mccracken but you know the mccrackens tip my hat <clears throat> To both of you, sirs, because the effects were pretty fucking fantastical. Like, I was, like, at parts, like, screaming because there was just, it was pretty wild. Yeah, there's a lot of the really, like, kind of goopy, creepy creature effects in this that really, you know, these guys have worked on a lot of things. They worked on, um, they've done makeup for some stuff in the Phantasm movies, like in Phantasm 2. They've worked on Star Trek, and the son even worked recently on Black Adam. So he's still doing stuff to this day. So yes, um, fan, like, I can't even stress. It's worth the watch just for the effects. Yeah, this is one that's kind of hard to find. We, I bought the uh, Synapse release of the of it on Blu-ray. They'd released a, like a really special edition of it last year, but it was one of those limited edition, 500 copies of it, it cost $100, and it was sold out in two seconds. So... It was nice to actually get it because this is one of the few that, like, you know, it was on VHS, but it never really made the jump to DVD as far as I ever saw. And this is one that just kind of fell through the cracks because there's not a lot of, like, releases of this or anything. And then you don't see it even on, like, reruns and back on HBO in the day and that. You just didn't see this one. I'm not sure why. It's It's a perfectly good movie. I know you're going to go through the cast. Yes. But I have to say that the son in the film, David Allen uh, Brooks, yes, he is like the heart, the '80s like heartthrob, but in a sense of like 
this is the guy you would see. He has like that curly hair. There's just a look to him that you just are like, he's hot in like that 80s kind of way. <laughs> yeah, I know you know? You um, and maybe like soap opera, like soap opera hot. Yeah. You know? He would have been on the soap opera and he would have been like the bad boy that came in to like mess with the the straight-laced guy's girlfriend or wife or whatever. Yes. Totally. And, uh, yeah, he did, he does have that kind of like, you know, like you said, soap opera look. Or he would be the 80s guy. that would, He would be the good-looking guy. But he would be the bad guy that comes in to destroy the teen center. But he's like, these oh teens have got to go. He'd be kicking them out of the center, and they'd have to have a dance-off in order to uh, raise enough money to stay. This is the guy. <laughs> That's the guy. Um, the rest of the cast, there's a lot of people you'd recognize in it. Um, the first off, of course, is Rod Steiger. plays one of the uh, scientists in this. And you'll know him from a ton of things. Probably most prominently for the Oscar-winning In the Heat of the Night. Um, there's also uh, Kim Hunter who's been in everything from A Streetcar Named Desire to playing Zira in the Planet of the Apes movies. She's one of the few people that made it back for every single one. And you also have Amanda Pays, who you'll recognize from the Max Headroom show, the 90s Flash show. She's on the 2000s Flash show as well. She had a lot of different uh, parts in there. She was also, uh, on the X-Files, she played Mulder's ex-girlfriend, British uh, government episode. Mm. And she had also tried out for the Scully part, which I could totally see her in. So yeah, those are the main cast members that you would recognize other than the, is it Jeffrey Allen or David Allen Brooks? David. David Allen Brooks, yeah. Uh, this was uh, written and directed by uh, Stephen Carpenter and Jeffrey Obrow, I think is how you say his name. Now the Stephen Carpenter went on to create that TV show Grimm, which ran for like five or six seasons, I think. It went on for a long time. They also, together, they wrote and directed The Dorm That Dripped Blood, and they kind of paired up on a Dean Koontz adaption called The Servants of Twilight, which I've actually seen, and is a pretty, even if it, there's a lot of Dean Koontz things out there that are terrible. This one's actually pretty good, and even if it wasn't based on the Dean Koontz thing, it's still a pretty decent movie. It's about a religious cult that shows up at this woman's house and tells her that their son, her son's the Antichrist. And they're going to have to kill him. Hmm. And it kind of goes crazy from there. That's not a good knock on the door. No, it's not. I think it's a milkman and the fucking people <laughs> yeah, it's come the out fucking religious cult. And also, who worked on this film, helped him out on the screenplay a little bit, was uh, Joseph Stefano. Who, of course, wrote the original screenplay for Psycho and worked on The Outer Limits for years. So it had some pretty good people working on this. Uh, Grimm had six seasons. Six seasons, okay. And I love that show. I know, that's what I'm saying. I knew it had five or six. Because I saw the thing that was, that was like 123 episodes. I figured that was probably about five or six seasons, depending on how many they did each season. Yeah, you were you were around the ballpark frame, around there. Um, well, I had never seen the film. Yeah, like I said, it's one that kind of fell through the cracks. It, uh, it just disappeared. And I'm like, why? Like, why did this film disappear? I it's like... pretty decent. Yeah, I feel like this is one that needs to be rediscovered and kind of shown around. This would be a good one for Joe Bob to put on for people to see. Yes, Joe Bob, we love you, and this should be part of The Last Dragon. Thank you. Um, so the plot on this one is it starts off, you see a uh, guy like... Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I have to say, if anyone out there in the world has the this movie, The Dripped Blood... The Dorm That Dripped Blood? The Dorm That Dripped Blood. We need to see this film... 
maybe I, I don't know we need to see this film please find it send it to us we find tell us where to find it we're desperately looking for it because i need to see it yeah it sounds like it'd be pretty good they've done a lot of things but it, again like for some reason these guys this guy's stuff is not available either one of the things are that they've worked on seem to be out there uh, the door no drip blood is not any streaming service either i think you can buy dvds of it but the last time i looked they were kind of pricey so yeah based on the amazing behind the scenes that this blu-ray has because it has pretty good content um they do discuss that it's because of the success of that film that got them to do the kindred yeah they were able to this uh, they got more money than they thought they were going to for it They'd ask for like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to do this, and then got like almost four million, and that's why they went crazy with the effects because they're like, "Oh my God, we actually got money." So I feel like these guys, if they can do that, you know, they can put out a movie this good with three point five, which even in the eighties was pretty low, then they could probably do something really amazing if you gave them a huge budget, you know? Yeah. So, where do you remember the first time you had seen the film? I rented it back in the VHS days, and I don't think I saw all of it because, or if I did, it's been so long that I didn't remember it because I didn't remember more than half of this. So, John, the lead, the David um, Allen Brooks character, he, his mom is like kaput, right? Well, his mom has been in a coma since she's been in some kind of an accident. And she finally wakes up from the coma. His mom is played by the Kim Hunter character. Or actor, sorry. Blew that completely. Um, and she wakes up and tells him, like, uh, go to the house. And I forget the name of the... What name she said? Daniel or something was the name of the kid? She says this kid's name. is like, uh, go to the house and destroy all the research about this. And if, you know, he's there, destroy him. You're like, oh, Okay. So his mom has been fam- like a famous scientist, and he's working there at his own class, like a, he teaches at a college, and he's got his own students and all this. So they go up there to try and find out what the mom is doing. And look he's a geneticist. Her- geneticist, yeah. And so is the mom. She's been doing that. As it turns out, she's been doing all these crazy genetic experiments up there. Spoiler alert. Yep. With, <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's this old. So... It doesn't take long to figure out the mom's doing crazy things up there. And she's been, uh, at the one point, she had worked with Rod Steiger, who happens to be like the dean of the college where uh, her son is teaching. And they had worked together, but she had stopped working with him because he was pushing her to do more and more dangerous things. And he has his like crazy collection of like zombies or like mutant people in a cage underneath the college that no one seems to know about. Like, I feel like. The college would probably know you have your little secret dungeon down there, but maybe that's like a special line item he passed. I don't know. But whatever it was, he's got his own little crazy thing down there because he's been getting bodies brought to him by the uh, ambulance drivers for him to do his continue his experiments on. And uh, the ambulance driver tries to squeeze him for more money, so he, of course, throws him right into the crazy pit of mutants immediately. Because I always love in the movies where you have a guy that, like, he knows that the scientist is doing evil things down in the basement and paying him to bring bodies in and all this. He decides it's a good idea to blackmail him. Like, I'm going to tell everyone what you do if you don't pay me more money, doctor. Oh, yes, of course. Well, please, just come through this unmarked door down into these dark stairs and we'll talk about it more. Really, guy? Really? That's what you don't do. No. That's like textbook, don't mess with it. 
It's like the one Batman movie where they tell they explain to him, you're going to try and blackmail a guy who spends all of his night dressed up in body armor beating the crap out of people? Does that seem like a good plan to you? No. Anthony's the brother's name. Anthony. I'm going to tell you. Um, when your mother, okay, is on her little deathbed and she's having a fit and she's telling you, destroy the journals. <laughs> Find your brother and destroy him. Okay. Your first thing after she's dead, you put the dirt on the, over the casket. You know, like, and assemble assistance. Let's go to my house and find these books like no she just told you to destroy the journals like what are you doing i know you but idiot. You know, it's it's the curiosity it's the pandora's box you've got to know what's in there yeah and i know fine we don't have a movie if that happens but it's just like you know at that point nothing good is gonna come i mean she told you that it was a bad idea like fine and then also you're already let's assume because it's the 80s so it's kind of hard to pinpoint like ages Let's assume, let's just say the man was 35, even though he looks way older than that. Um, he's 35 years old. You don't think that you would know that you had a brother? Well, maybe you know. At some point, I guess. I don't know. There's a little secret about the brother later on that's not technically his brother. Okay, well. Mm, it is it, and it isn't. It, okay, yes. Spoiler alert. No, don't, don't say what it is, but yes, just watch the movie. We. This is a film that I feel like... I don't want to like really go out, even though it's from 1987, because like we, you had mentioned before, it is a hard find. It wasn't released in, you know, formats that it's like, it's a treasure and this treasure should be kept in secret. So yeah, try and, yeah, I encourage you to go watch this. We're not going to, I won't spoil anything too bad about it. I mean, you know from the cover that there's going to be evil experiments going on because you got a you know a creepy looking monster and a baby bottle on the cover. It's the best. So yeah, yeah, that's a great cover for it. it Let you know right off the bat some creepy shit's going to be happening and yeah, uh, but there were some things we didn't want to mention. Like I don't know like about everyone else, but if I'm at my mother's funeral and I walk away and a strange woman I've never seen before in my life just walks up to me and is like, "Hi, I was a big fan of your mother's." I'm going to lean in very close to you and talk to you and touch your arm. Make a lot of eye contact and be like, so do you need any help going up to your house? Checking out those journals? You want some help? Do you? Do you? I would be immediately suspicious of that. Also, she's British or she has some kind of accent. Yeah, she's British. And it's not a bad thing, but if we're going to go like to like Star Wars, like they wanted, (laughs) you know. The British people were the evil people. Exactly. So we got Star Wars thing going on. I know that mm, she is going to be evil. Boom. Something's going to happen with her. She's not going to be quite right. And then I love this. This is what you had mentioned earlier before we recorded. When she shows up to the house, she just shows up in the middle of the night, lets herself in, makes herself breakfast. Oh, no. Not before she opens the door and watches the people sleeping in the bed booty naked like yeah. the man booty naked we know this because there was a love scene that you know cut to like black so you know they did it you know that was like how they used to tell you back in the day that i guess they still use that tactic today i'll tell you, you know people fucked when there's like they in the bed they, they rolling around out, and then the ghost of black black back. boom and then they come back and they're in the bed and they're, they're in sleeping that special, or in that special l-shaped sheets that goes below his chest <laughs> and then like goes makes an l and goes up and covers up the top of her body. They have that special cut sheet that they all have in the movies. Yes. 
<laughs> so you know, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know where they get those sheets, but I've never seen them in real life. Because I love how it's always just perfectly balanced. It goes all the way up past her breasts, but below his navel. So that way he can be shirtless and it's fine. But we don't get to see anything on her. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to need a realistic movie where that scene, either the dick is showing and the titties are covered, or the dick is not shown and the titties are not are uncovered. We're going to need... Or maybe two movies. One covers one, the other one covers the other. I don't care how it happens. But those it just are needs to happen. Universally bought. It's like when the people buy groceries and they always have like a fucking celery stick, celery stick, and a little <laughs> loaf of French bread sticking out of the top of it that they never fucking eat. They always just sit on the counter and walk away. So what the fuck did they even bother to buy anything for? They're making uh, a sandwich. I guess so. Well, it's like the thing they always talk about too. That when people go into a bar, they always just order beer, like. No one just goes to a bar and just says beer. Beer. the first thing they're going to do is like, do you want a bottle, a can, a draft? Do you want this Fufu-ass beer? Do you want local beer? Do you do, want yeah. dark? Do you want yeah, ale? Do you, what, you want Milwaukee's want best? cider? Or, yeah, like, what do you want? They just, no one just orders beer and they just beer. hand you a Unless you're in, like, the redneck bar where it's like, what do you have to drink? We got beer. Okay, I guess I'll have a beer. Yeah, and then you look over in the keg, it just says beer. Yeah, it's like a white bottle or something. Like the white keg with just beer written on it. But yeah, other than that, you know, the typical movie cliches. How about the freaking EMT guy, okay, that literally delivers a line. And one, this is the, my favorite thing. And one breath, he's like, don't trust a man that has the eyes of a killer. And then he proceeded to let the doctor lead him into the dark room. The, doc- the doctor should have known. That's what I'm saying. Hello. Like, what are you doing? That was a dumb move on his part. Because, you mean the EMT should have known. Oh, the EMT should have yeah. known. Yeah, because it, it, it ends, it doesn't end well for the EMT. Yeah, like I said, he goes down to the you know the basement dungeon that they have in all these mad scientist laboratories. It's like, hello, EMT, you just said don't trust a man that has eyes of a killer. This doctor has the eyes of a killer. He actually has eyes of a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> So Which, this is one of those movies where you get a lot of like A-list actors like, you know, Rod Steiger has been in an Academy Award winning movies. I think he won the Academy Award for Best Actor for In the Heat of the Night. And you get him in there. Kim Hunter, you know, yeah, she was in The Planet of the Apes, but she was also in like, you know, Streetcar Named Desire and a lot of other, you know, really high caliber productions. So when they're in this movie, they're not just phoning it in. They bring it all, you know. They give 110% on there. They do. I, there's one character. This character and this person exists, uh, you know, it's so funny. Somewhere, this person is so dedicated that he did not want to talk to anyone, okay? He wrote his own, he recorded his his question and answers, like his answers to the people's questions, like in that scene where he comes in with a boombox and he writes out like he had, he there's something wrong with his throat or whatever. And he has the answers. So like the guy would be like, what's wrong with you, John? And then he puts oh. the boombox, he press play and then it's the answer to like yeah, that a- question. And it's all in like the set order of like how the person... That's how dedicated is. He didn't want to talk to anybody. He's just like, I pre-recorded these fucking answers to these questions that I thought that you were going to ask me. And they're at the ready. And then later on, we just forget all about that. He's fine. Yeah, he's he's fine. He's like, I can talk now. I choose to talk now. He just didn't want to talk at that point. 
But that the dedication though, forget about that he had to record this the night before, okay? The boom box is an 80s boom box. This is not the little small one you would take to the beach. This is a fucking monstrous, like the fucking silver one that you see, you know, yeah. like the huge one. You have to put it over your shoulder. You got to have some kind of muscle because yeah, this, this is thing heavy. Is, this was not like you're, you know, grabbing your iPod or your Walkman and walking around with it. No, you had to be, you were going to have one arm bigger than the other when you were done carrying this thing. <laughs> I like they had the, on the uh, Blu-ray, they had the interview with uh, some of the people where they were talking about uh, working with that Rod Steiger. He had the quote where he told them, like, look, when you tell me to do that, this is paraphrasing it, but like, basically, like, you tell me to do these things and they seem like they're not going to work out. It doesn't seem good. Let me use my judgment on this because I'm the guy who they're going to remember this forever on. They're not going to remember you. They're going to see me make this mistake up here and remember it forever. They're going to forget about you. I'm the one that's going to take the blame for all this shit if it goes bad. So let me do how I want to do and try and make this better. So then the blame is on, it's my fault, not yours. Yeah. And the guy was like, okay, what am I going to do? Argue with the Oscar winning guy? (laughs) You know? Yeah, that's definitely, it's always (laughs) good. And, you know, there's a lot of faults in films nowadays for multiple reasons. But it's good when there is a seasoned cast mixed in with newbies. Yeah. Because it evens it out. Because if you have all newbies, then it's going to be really terrible. Like several movies that we tried to watch yeah. um, this week that we have started, didn't finish. Because the acting was just... And they're old movies, but I mean... Man, if we're saying the acting is bad, it's real bad. Because we've seen some, some turds. Yeah, and this one, uh, you know, stands out from a lot of those 80s movies too where... I think that might have been the problem with it, too, is that it was, there's no real, like, there's not really any sex scenes in it, and there's gore, but it's not any hardcore gore, you know? It's a good movie, but it kind of, for coming out in 1987, that was the height of all the slashers, when there was lots of TNA, lots of blood and guts. Um, This one, it's a good movie, it's got a good story, it's got great effects, but it's not very, like sensational or flashy you know no it's not 90 people killed in this movie and you know there's not like people whipping off their shirt for gratuitous sex scenes and it's mostly one location ish yeah you know they're pretty much there's like two it's like a hospital house yeah and the hospital and the school they were teaching at were even in the you know the making of we saw they were pretty much the same place yeah so yeah i think that's kind of why it didn't do better was because you know, this was the same year that, like, Dream Warriors was coming out. and like the It kind of gets buried. Yeah, it kind of gets buried among those. Well, it did get buried. Yeah, I, I'm not know if this got a big theatrical release or not, but I'd kind of be surprised if it did. I would say, and this is not in, like, disrespect to the film, but I would say it would, for me, being it the first time that I had watched it, it felt very, like, high-end uh, made-for-TV film. Yeah. Because, yeah, this is rated R, but if they had cut a little bit of the language out of it, it could have probably, even back then, passed for a PG-13. I would have watched this as a, I mean, either or, but if this was a made-for-TV film, like, I would have been totally stoked. Because I would have been like, man, I fucking just saw a gem. Yeah, and it's a great movie, but like you said, I do see where you're saying, like, it could have been, this could have been a really good sci-fi production. You oh, know? hell yeah. Because sci-fi's pulled off a few good movies here and there, so... If you told me this was a really good sci-fi one, I'd be like, yeah, I can buy that. Ooh, Sharknado 3. 
fucking masterpiece. <laughs> Back when they used to actually try to do something. <laughs> I would watch this again. Yeah, it's good. And like, especially this uh, Blu-ray, it's got like, a lot of great special features on it. I didn't get a chance to listen to the commentary that they do on it yet, but the uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff is all great. They have a lot of like vintage stuff that they show from the time. Um, it's always good to see when they're doing like the effects live on set. I love that part of it. And they talk to all the people involved with it that are still around. And, you know, you get a good, a good perspective on how they made it and how everybody was, you know, felt when they were doing it. It's a, a lot of good, uh, you know, they don't always go out of their way now to put a lot of content on these Blu-rays other than just the movie or a couple of trailers. But they went out of their way on this. It's got a lot of good information behind the scenes. Yeah. The pacing's also pretty good in the film. Yeah. It's, you know, we, it starts off, we have, you know, the intention like you know what don't do this and then they're in the they're in it then it just it's action boom 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 boom. and then the final act is like that's where it's at yeah it really it doesn't it's not one of those where like you feel the film and you're like oh my goodness like there are so many other films that we've watched where there would be a scene that's similar to like the mom telling him that could have lasted forever yeah like they could have I mean, God, they could have gone in so many directions with that in a bad way to, like, make that long. Because once the mom is out of the way, then it's literally a mystery. Yeah, it just co- trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, just the character just trying to figure out what's going on. I do think it's funny that and... the, uh, in Spain, the title of this, it was released as Transgen. Mm. Which, you know, wouldn't fly now, but at the time they were making a totally different uh, reference with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is definitely one I think people should check out. And... I hope like something. This would be something I hope like Shutter would pick up because it'd just be great to see a Joe Bob, uh, you know, discussion of it and get people out there to see it because it's just kind of buried out there and no one knows about it. And then, oh yeah, I can't even imagine what Joe Bob would say about this because I'm sure he definitely has some. He has thoughts some backstory. He has some thoughts. He has some some shit that no one else knows. And that a marvelous brain of his. Yeah, so hopefully he'll pick this up or someone will and get it on, you know, get it out to be a little more, you know, seen by everyone. So I'm going to give this one out of our four knives. I'm going to give it uh, three and a half. I concur. I also give it three and a half knives. Um, I can't even, I can't, yeah, three and a half knives yeah. for pacing, um, effects, effects, acting, effects, acting. It's all good across the, the board. The plot. I mean, are, is it flawless? No, of course it's not going to be flawless, but yeah, it's fun. There's a few little like the standard horror movie cliches that they do with this. Like you said, if they just went up there and said, "Well, mom told us to get rid of all this stuff and just burn the place down," there'd be no movie. Exactly. So yeah, you kind of have some. Got to have some of those things. And and there's twists. You, yeah, there's two twists. You're like, oh, oh, okay. I did not see that going there. They really took the whole like body horror. Yeah. I, definitely, I would put this under body horror. Yeah, because there's a lot of things that happen to people in this that are unpleasant. Uh, that and that's why you know you just can't. The digital effects will never pull off realistic body horror like this. I mean. They just don't because it just looks so much better when you've got this stuff glued onto them. Like, I think you can use the CGI to enhance it. Like, you could pull off, if you erase, like, a seam or something that you could see. Yeah, for sure. But it just looks so much better when it's an actual 
apparatus, you know, it's an apparatus that's making the thing pulse on their body or it's their, you know, it's an actual hand yeah. covered in something. You just can't replicate that with CGI. I'm not one for, um, like the after whatever scenes, the additional scenes. Oh, the, extra the extras. Scenes. Um, sorry, I literally lost the word. I'm not one for extras. It's not, it's because I'm just like on to like the next thing. But it was so interesting to watch the extras for this for these older films, just to see like it's a it's an art, just to see like how they thought to do these things, you know, and the, and the practical side because it wasn't as easy as just pressing a button, you know. Yeah. It was so much more than that, and then seeing the interaction and it just it's just all fascinating, like the special. Um, the uh, extras for this is really, really good. Yeah, when you see the guy like laying down under the ground with the tentacles he's working and all that, it's like, you know, nowadays it's just so fast. They just go, okay, CGI and a tentacle. Maybe there's a guy there with a stick poking someone so they get a reference point for it, but that's it. They're just going to cut everybody out from it, you know? I feel like it's better for the actor. It's like the, you know, better for the actor to have. And obviously they still kind of do something when they do these green screens like you just mentioned, but it's not the same. It's not yeah. the same as having a stick. You're talking to a stick. It's like what was it, Sean Connery or one of them in that uh, movie where he was the dragon, or Dennis Quaid who played it, said like the whole movie he acted against a tennis ball hanging off the stick to look up at so he'd know where the eye line was. So that's a testament to that guy's acting ability when he can pull that off, you yeah. know? Because you've got to be a decent actor to make it convincing when you're talking to a tennis ball on a stick. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you can do even better when you have the live effects there. That's why I think all the stuff like in The Thing works so well because those guys were actually kind of grossed out by what they were seeing, you know? Yeah. They were freaked out by it, and that really comes across. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Kindred. You we're glad to be back now that we've all recovered from the Andromeda strain. I'm going to tell you, I do not care to be sick anymore. I'm done with it, and um, I hope I'm never sick again. Yeah, me too. Yeah. For both of us. For the whole household. It was rough. It's been rough. Everyone but the cats were sick and they were no help to us. They were no help. They didn't make any motherfucking soup. Okay. They didn't make any coffee. It's bullshit. All they did was just lay around. And complain that we weren't feeding them properly. And and I'm just like, you know what? I mean. Earn your keep, cat. Earn your keep. For sure earn your keep. Both of them. The the one could have hopped on the other one's back and they could have gone on the counter and, and made some coffee. I, I just feel like it's bullshit. Yeah. But we're keeping them because we love them. Even though they're little punks. Yep. And one's staring true. at us right now. Well, <laughs> um, I don't even know. It's, it's the holidays. Happy holidays. Yep. We were trying to find a holiday movie to cover, but you know... It's hard to find one that's decent that we haven't already covered. We have definitely covered a plethora of them. Yeah. We have. There's some that we haven't for multitude of reasons. Um, mostly because some of them, we've started them and they are just terrible. They're really bad. I, I'm not going to name what they are, but they're not good. Yeah. And then there are ones that are just like Gremlins. I would love to do Gremlins. We've actually tried to do a Gremlins episode last year. Um, that was actually going to be a video, um, but we just, it just fell through. So maybe in the future, but it, it's been, it's been pretty rough, but definitely we are back and we're happy to be back and we missed you all out there in the world. 
Thank you for sticking with us, and we'll we'll be back sooner than later. <laughs> Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.